1: cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue also you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united Healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage for you learn more at uh1.com one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes nice dress uh it's a it's a t-shirt until you tried it on same goes for your health care
0: Welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre, please welcome a man who's had a shit against a wall 50 yards from his own front door, it's Richard Herring! Thank you very much, lovely to be here. I tell you, you missed, uh, home, you missed, uh, quite a warm-up. You're gonna wish...
1: I don't think there'll
0: there be any laughter left in this room <lly> after the blazing trail I did in the first half. Sometimes when you're done a great show, you want to thank every member of the audience individually. <še Godzilla> Tonight that will be possible, but uh, welcome to Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast, or as all the cool kids are calling it, L'Hellestoper. Clean-
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I can't
0: do it. Uh, <laughs> As Chortle are calling it Rasper They've, they've, missed, they've missed out the tea because they're not cool uh, But uh, it's, uh, it's a stupid Weekly uh, chat show uh, Podcast uh, is, is it, you know, It's doing very well It's been at the top of the iTunes charts It's been quite a week Been an amazing weekend of football Once again York City won the, a, the um, Blue Square Premier Playoff That's what everyone's talking about <laughs> I tell you, it's been an amazing week to be... I've supported York City for 30
1: years.
0: (laughs) I was born near York. People ask, because I'm from Somerset, but I was born in Yorkshire. Um, Nothing has happened except loss in all that time. This week, we've won two tournaments at Wembley in eight days. I don't really know how to react. It's... uh, I'm feeling a bit bamboozled. I don't actually like it. I only support them because they're shit. And I don't like football. But now I've kind of got sucked into it. I was crying yesterday. It's kind of,
1: it's kind of, it's, it's,
0: it's character building. All those people who support Chelsea. Oh yeah, is that you? You, need, you don't understand what's, why support teams always going to win? That they've paid loads of money and they're going to win. You want to support York City and then 30 years, and then they suddenly win and it's fucking mind blowing. <laughs> so anyway, they're going to be playing league football. I hope you'll all follow them uh, next year. York City. Fuck it. Yeah. So that was very very exciting news for me um, and I, got, I, got, I had a dream about York, the, the day before that I, that I was playing for York City which has become my default dream now, <laughs> I've never been good at sport, certainly playing football like my old dream used to be uh, doing my maths A level again even though I was in my 30s or 40s having to go back and sit in my maths A level, sometimes doing like a, well, I was doing a play and I'd not been given the script, but now it's that I'm watching York City and then have to go on and play for them and I'm seriously pretty good <laughs> But in my dream, we got three 0 up in the first half, then we lost four three in the second. So it's you know that's it's, it's such a toss up. But it reminded me of being at school. Uh, the, it's weird. I can still remember arguments from being when you're eight years old. I don't know if everyone can do this, but when, when I was when I was ten at school at Fairlands Middle School in Cheddar, uh, I had a serious argument with a guy, another guy who was in my years, like a ten year old child, who said he was really good at football. He said if the Fairlands under ten side were to play Liverpool FC, the, who were the best team in the, in the country at that point, the adult team. that They were played a hundred times. Fairlands would win one time out of a hundred. I said that wouldn't happen. I said, I said if Liverpool played a team of ten-year-olds and were told they had to try, you know, that they wouldn't... There was no way. If they, if they played like a million times, I think they would still win a million times. This is... I'm presuming it's still the same thing, the squad is changing. Firstly, I'm not sure Liverpool would go for even playing them once. I think it'd be a waste. If Liverpool were saying, right, we're going to play this team a million times, we won't impinge on our actual professional fixtures. Doesn't matter, we're going to do it. I think if they played a billion times, maybe one time they'd get hit by an asteroid or something. And, and Fairlands Middle School would win, but I remember this. i um, what you were saying over there, chipping in, chipping in what? I it said squillion. Squi uh, squillion times. Yeah. Well, thanks. I well, I wasn't sure where we went after a billion, but thank God. <laughs>
1: <laughs> thank God you were
0: here. So, um, if it was a squillion times, Fairlands would win. I think, just because it is that isn't a number. Uh, <laughs> you played played a billion times also you'll get to a point where Liv- the Liverpool side were quite old uh, and they have been kind of in their 90s and they might be dead uh, and their fans might be able to beat them but I remember that argument so I was right I think I was definitely right you know? and this guy wouldn't I can't remember who it was but I hope he's listening cause... but I had another I had another argument when I was 10 with my friend Phil Fry who's still my, one of my best friends now uh, when we were 10 years he was quite skinny and I was a little bit chubby I know, I'm, you know, it's hard to believe. Uh, I've slimmed down a lot since then. And, uh, don't look like that. Uh, and uh, he said if there was a famine or we were, we were on, like, a desert island or something, that he would last longer than me. I said I would, I would last long because I had the reserves of fat to keep me going. And he said he would last longer because he was thin. He would get by without so much food. I would need food. I think he was wrong. Uh, but... I'm still not
1: sure. <laughs> At the
0: time I wasn't sure if he was right, but I'm still not sure. But it's good. That, I don't know if anyone else has those where they keep them going. I might ask uh, Charlie if he's got any of those uh, to keep him going. Uh, and the big news this week uh, was uh, uh, Derek Acora or Acura, <laughs> uh has got into trouble. because, And this interests me because he said um, that he's been speaking to someone from the spirit world. Not Madeline McCann herself. She's kept tight-lipped. Uh, he is. Uh, he <laughs> what? you making up your own jokes. <laughs> he says, there's no joking, there's nothing disgusting in that. she's just kind of quiet. Uh, he's, uh, he, the, the source from the other side said, Madden McCann is not on this earth anymore. Right? And people are upset about that because they think it's sick that Derek Ikora, uh, is claiming, is making this claim. Hey, I mean, it's kind of an odd thing to do if you have that channel to the other world. Uh, and you find out that a child's dead, probably the most sensitive way to let the parents know isn't to announce in a national newspaper. If I, if I had that, I probably would ring them and go, I've got some bad news for you. It's kind of an oddly worded thing, that's what I don't get about it. It's that Madeline McCann is not on this earth anymore. And if she was dead, you could just say, she's dead. Seems, and that's what he's is interpreted as, but it seems to me that Madeline McCann has been abducted by aliens. That is the. Why would you say, why would the spirit talk in this kind of odd way? She's not on this earth anymore. She must be, so that's, uh, that's, uh, that, that's kind of, but people are very cross with it. But that's what his job is. His job is to be, get say horrible things to, to emotionally vulnerable people. So it's kind, of, it's kind of odd that people have got upset about it. Oh, no, now that's gone too far. Now he's talked about a famous, possibly dead person. Now we can't, we can't have that anymore. But we, you know, if you can speak to the dead, which you can, I, I talk to the dead all the time. Thing is, they don't talk back to me. They just stay silent when I'm talking to them. But uh, you can, you know, if you could, you could find out some amazing things. All these people do, these mediums, is to find out things that you already know and the first letters of the names of people you know. I already know the first letters of the names of the people. Are... If I had a channel to the other world, and look, they can say a whole sentence, is not on this earth anymore. That's at least... 17 letters, there's three or four words. You can get some good information from them, even if it's even if it's a bit jar Even if you have to kind of do charades every now and again, you could find. You know, my first question: Which religion is correct? That's that's the first thing. <laughs> what, what kind of heaven are you in? Is it, which? Is, have a look. What? Who is God? Let me know. Who I am. That's the first thing you ask, right? And uh, secondly, you know, where is some pirate treasure hidden? No, I'm gonna, be Second. I would, I'd want to know some... Pro- the fact they can only tell you things you already know, that makes... Even if it's possible to do it, it makes their service useless. So, I don't... He's, he's obviously a twat, anyway, but... Uh, <laughs> it's not the point, so anyway. But, uh, and uh, Mark Zuckerberg, is that his name? Uh, Zuckerberg, anyway, from... Uh, off of the Facebook. I call it the Facebook still. I think that was a better name for it. I think... Uh, I think that bloke from NSYNC was wrong. Time to take it off. I think it was a mistake. I think it would be worth about 500 billion if it was the Facebook. Facebook. Anyway, he's worth... He's lost 1.8 billion pounds today. Yeah. He's only got like 20... I don't even know how many is it. It's 100 billion, wasn't it? it was worth. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I think that's too much money, 100 billion. I think if you've made 100 billion pounds or dollars... Probably time to retire, I would say. What, there's a point where you go, that's pro- I think mean, that will probably see me through. I'll just cash these <laughs> I'll cash these in now. We waive, I'm just another hundred billion, then I'll just be secure. It's not like he spends any money on clothes or anything. it's not even if you've seen him, he's not
1: he's got no interest. <laughs>
0: He's got marriage as well, so copying me. Uh, but I'm kind of hoping, you know, I've, I've started a kind of free... Because he did it all for free to begin with. So I'm, saying I'm a very astute businessman.
1: <laughs> like uh,
0: Mark Is it Mark Zuckerberg? Is his name Mark? I want to call him Mark. Yeah, it's good. Um, Alan Zuckerberg. Yeah, good. A little cross-reference there. You know, we're having fun, aren't we? We're having fun, then. We're, we're having fun, then. People at home don't like it. Well, I wouldn't have to like, say that. It's stupid. <laughs> But, uh, anyway, I'm hoping that this, if you all want to buy shares now, sell your shares at £38 a share. Just the people in this room, I'll take that. Uh, to, uh, to be honest, if you, if the 100 people in here, will give me £38 each, I'll just quit now and retire with that. <laughs> I reckon I could live off that. That's quite a lot. We've got an economics uh, postgraduate and then a near graduate. Graduand, I think you are. No, you haven't. You're not even a graduand. I'm a graduand. Uh, Sarah here in the front row, a bit of a. Busybody, know it all. <laughs> She's waiting for her degrees to come through in economics. What's thirty-eight times a hundred? Three hundred and eighty. Three
1: hundred uh, and eighty. I'm not
0: so not so sure. The confidence in the degree
1: is justified.
0: You don't do maths. I think that might be a problem with your economics degree there. Is it more like describing what, do you, what does economics mean in the David Copperfields?
1: Is that, what you, is that what you were doing?
0: Describe the economy of the old curiosity shop. Um, well that's good, darling. It's nice to, Any luck in the interval, Mark Allen and Sarah? Uh, joy, in fact. Joy? No? May.
1: May.
0: I can't be expected to remember everything. Uh, it's my wife's middle name, Joy. That's why I kinda of got that's why I got into, got into that I sort of just started imagining you or my wife. You know, within the bounds It's all I'm allowed to do now, but within the bounds of this podcast, actually I've made an arrangement with my wife that admittedly she only heard back when I mentioned it last week. I don't think she ever listened to any of the of Fringe podcasts. <laughs> I've imagined an arrangement with my wife where I'm allowed to have sex with whoever I want during the podcast, <laughs> during the actual recording. So if you fancy hopping up, uh, we can give that a go, and that is all right. And I will still remain married. But I'm married now, so aside from that, May, uh, May, Joy, May, May. May, who was born in January.
1: Yeah. <laughs> now,
0: apparently that makes me racist. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, look, I think we'll probably get on with stuff. I think, again, I once again whipped everyone up. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, will you please welcome? I'm very uh, proud to have uh, this guest. He's a uh, he's a Chortle internet comedy nominee. <laughs> uh, which uh, I, I won it I won the I won it
1: uh,
0: and amazing uh, he's a renaissance man got, there's a lot of things to talk about will you please welcome the incredible Charlie Hickson ladies and gentlemen here he comes be it Are you drinking? Are you drinking Foster's beer? In fact, are you allowed to drink? Funnily
2: enough, I do actually like Foster's beer. (laughs) I do like like quite a lot of it because it's not too strong. (laughs) That's good. Yeah. Because you see, I grew up. I'm quite old. In the days when beer wasn't very strong, and you you would you would you would know how many pints of beer you could drink of an evening. Yes. I you know I don't want I don't want to get absolutely smashed out of my head. I enjoy drinking beer. And with rather nowadays. It's too strong.
0: Huh. This isn't a great advert for Fosters. It's I'm not really sure they'll be delighted. <laughs> so the great thing about Fosters is it's weak as piss. Yeah. <laughs> it's a nice way actually...
2: When hit. Fosters first came over here, yeah. it was probably the strongest lager you could get. Mm. And I've stuck with it, in the middle there, and the rest of the life has gone way over the top.
0: <laughs> but uh, So let's talk about, uh, about your...
1: Chort uh,
2: you or you always... losing
0: podcast. No, but, <laughs> um,
2: no I wondered who would won that.
0: No one else but me, i won it two well, years I didn't... running, I'm like the York City of the internet. No. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was it you won it for? Um, for well, this year just for just generally being brilliant on the internet. <laughs> last year, better than everything else on the internet, including the Facebook. Uh, and, uh, and last year, for as it occurs to me, but you weren't up again. But I beat the Fosters. Uh, the surprisingly, I, mean, I wasn't surprised about the fast show. But Alan I beat Anna Partridge was a surprise. No, I mean the only consolation for, for
1: the
2: only consolation for me in it is that um, Fosters paid us.
0: Huge amounts
1: of money. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I'm
0: not. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm playing the long game. I'm doing. Yeah. i come So back in 20 years' time. I'll be worth a hundred billion dollars. This. This. Is what, I'll be sitting here on a bed of a hundred billion dollars. That I've Changed every seat would we'll just be made out of dollars. The stage. To be I won't be able to spend. What would you do if you had a hundred billion? I mean, you maybe you have. You are quite successful. Could you, not could you spend a hundred billion dollars? The problem is, no matter how much money you've got, you always want more. There's always going
2: to be someone. You move million up million. into an. He, you see, Mark Zuckerberg now is probably mixing with all these Bill Gates. I think. Oh, I wish I had as much money as pill. Uh, he can buy a whole
0: country. <laughs> what would you do with it? What would you do if what, you had... with a country? Yeah. <laughs> would you prove it a like like laugh, that, wouldn't you? Buy <laughs> a country
2: and do it like.
0: <laughs> would you make your own laws? So yeah. Uh, which, which <laughs> laws would you abolish? <laughs> Well, I, I hadn't really thought it through. That I just to it come up. No. <laughs> <laughs> he, seemed, he seemed very excited. That's all. <laughs> when, when he came up, I thought, "There's a man who's got this plan out." He thought, "When I'm making my first building." Well, I, I would. I would. Um...
2: I'll get them to make a cheese and name it after me. <laughs>
0: that
2: that would my, someone that's would probably my do my greatest that, ambition.
0: I could probably make that happen from <laughs> <laughs> for, yeah. for, for, for for there. For this podcast, I could probably get someone to name uh, a cheese, the oh, Charlie Hickson well, cheese. I know a lot of people win cheddar, for a start. So <laughs> I
2: don't want to know where existing cheese just renamed.
0: Well, well I want no, no, we're, be we're a not going to rename <laughs> cheddar Charlie Hickson that's not going to happen. Well, if you well, owned... I mean, Charlie Hickson well, cheddar. if you owned England, yeah. you could do
1: that.
0: You can change
2: cheddar to, to be Charlie Hickson. If,
1: if there are any cheesemakers
0: out there listening... And let's just check there's no one in... I mean, there's quite a lot of people here. There probably is someone... <laughs> I'm not, I mean, if you don't mind, actually just someone involved. Anyone involved in dairy products, generally.
1: So, well, that
0: surprises me, but hopefully someone... <laughs>
1: Yeah, maybe someone, I mean,
0: if anyone wants to name a cheese Charlie Hickson cheese and then maybe a Richard Herring cheese and maybe we can have an yeah. award for the best of the those the best dishes. cheese named <laughs> <Best laughs> after 1990s yeah. uh, TV, you could, you, the could, TV. You, could, you, you could win for a cheese
2: that you know uh, connoisseurs like, but nobody buys much and I could win for a, <laughs> a, a big mass market cheese that loads of people buy like cheddar yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's sad it's sad <laughs> I'm
0: happy with that. So you were actually—you are born in Somerset. Did you grow up in Somerset? I, no, I, I
2: remember nothing of it. Ah, uh, it I was weird. born there, and my father moved around a lot for, for his work.
0: <laughs> sorry, I was going to say something awful, and then I thought, I bet you're not Andrew Collins, so I won't. I won't go there. What did your dad do? He was a serial killer. I'm still say, worse than. Well, that. he was an accountant.
1: <laughs>
2: He was an accountant, was ca- a travelling accountant. Look, it's not an interesting anecdote. <laughs> why, why was he moving? Well, because he up? would
0: get he would get attached to a company,
2: he'd yeah. have to go and work for them, and then he'd get
0: attached to another company and go work for them. Would he know what 380 times 100, 380 times 100 was? Yeah, 3,800. Yeah, he's good. <laughs> he no,
2: there is nothing funny to say about it. But I mean, I must warn you before we proceed too far yeah. that I am a notoriously boring interviewee <laughs> didn't well. no, I Jonathan... wasn't
0: expecting cheese to come up <laughs> so soon I well, cheese will probably come up somewhere but no, not no, straight no, away which John- Jonathan,
2: <laughs> Jonathan Ross did once actually, and this is absolutely true he fell asleep whilst interviewing me <laughs>
1: It's a true story.
2: He was making. He was. When he did this program. It was a kind of entertainment program for in-flight TV. I think it was for Virgin or something like that. And it did all these pre-recorded interviews. And it was a kind of entertainment show. He was interviewing me about what I did. And it was done in. You know, when you watch all those list programs, yeah. And you see people being interviewed. You think, well, oh, they've got a nice house, or I wonder where that is. It's all filmed in like hotels and clubs and restaurants around London. Yeah. And this was in the basement of this sort of fancy Turkish restaurant. It was quite a warm day. He'd been there a long time and he, he apologised before we started. He said, Well, I'm sorry, Charlie, a bit hungover, a bit hungover my last night. And we started talking. And I've got this habit in interviews where I stupidly answer the question that's asked. Yeah.
1: Which, and you know that
2: interviews actually just you're trying to prompt someone to just say something funny and do impressions or something. So I would give long involved answers. And we were halfway through this interview, and he'd asked me this question,
1: and, and I was
2: giving this long involved answer, and I looked over at him. And he was doing this kind of comedy falling asleep face <laughs> you
1: know
2: he, he was all drooped down like this his mouth hanging open and i said oh yes oh, oh very funny time. <laughs> yes it was a slightly long anecdote <laughs> and then i realized he had actually fallen asleep <laughs> he was fast asleep in the chair he and
1: was.
2: then he woke up I was, oh god so i was really sorry Charlie. and i don't know who that, who that reflects worse on who <laughs> or who. Maybe probably, oh,
0: probably. <laughs> he was. Tired. I'm a little bit tired, so we'll see. We'll see how see how it goes. He told me when he was interviewing uh, Barbara Windsor that he was so bored that he actually couldn't give another question. And he had to pretend he'd lost his uh, contact lens. That was he think of to say. So you did quite. I think that's better. To fall asleep is better. Well, it was. It that was might be just his way plan. of getting out. I can't think of another. I'm going to try that. If I can't think of another question for you, I'm going to try falling. But I mean,
2: he, he did look like he As I say, was doing
0: a sort of. Conversation. He, he was so, such an exaggerated sleep face he had. But no, it wasn't So you don't remember anything about, about fruit where Froome. you were
2: born? Well, no, I mean, funnily enough, uh, one of my brothers now lives there.
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I said so funnily enough, because it wasn't funny, enough. Was I mainly, I mainly grew up
2: in uh, Sussex and Kent, uh, yeah. funnily enough.
1: <laughs> There's nothing funny about my childhood. I had a very,
0: very ordinary, boring childhood. You, wanted, you had four? four Thank one. God. Three brothers? Is that right? You had three brothers? You're not going to get a funny anecdote about
2: that, it. Yes, I'm not, I'm not expecting yes i got four. three brothers. You're the
0: third of four? Three, of, three out of four? Yes. How's that being the second last... Child. <laughs> that's why became a comedian. Everyone's got theories about the, you know, the, the first second. I've no, four kids. It's quite a lot, though, isn't it? And four boys. Four boys. Are yes. You're kind of bullied by the, by your older brother. No. Which one lives <laughs> in, in the room? The older or the younger one? Number two. Number <laughs> two. That's a typical number two, child Going back, was he born in Froome he thought I better return to like no, a swarming trout. <laughs> like no, I don't know where out. he was
2: born because my father moved around a lot. I wasn't there. I wasn't even born. How would
1: I know where he
2: was born? <laughs> Why are we talking about?
0: I him? know where my brothers. My dad moved around a lot as well. Yeah. Keith you know where all your brothers were born? My brother was born oh, in, uh, in Halifax. No. My sister was born.
1: Somewhere. <laughs>
0: um,
1: I don't know where my sister was born. Yet. Wow, that's, that's blown my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she wasn't born. Maybe she kind of
0: was hatched out of a pod. Why would I know where my brother was from and not my sister? It's like my parents. Maybe she's adopted. Yeah. But, I, I hope she is. I hope, my, I hope my nephews and nieces are listening to this and that's the first it won't be the first revelation I've accidentally given them about my sister. Assuming they knew it already. Ooh, uh, good. So, no, no, I was gonna have a kind of Somerset off with you, because actually I wasn't born in Somerset, I was born in Yorkshire, hence that I part York City, and then my Chinese yeah. serial killing rapist father moved to <laughs> working in, working in different schools, moved down the country to Leicestershire. And then to to Cheddar, funnily enough. To Cheddar. Yeah. No, I can't. I've got nothing to
2: say about. It. I mean, I like Somerset. It's a very yeah. nice, nice country. And I think you know, West West Country people are unfairly maligned. They're no more stupid than anyone else. <laughs> a bit more
1: stupid. <laughs>
0: So there's loads of stuff to talk about because you have done millions of thousands of things in your life. You've done squillions of things. I think <laughs> would be the the best way of looking at it. And uh, I was looking at your, and, and I do vaguely remember the the Hicksons from the back in the 1980s. But I've been I've been revisiting. You're you're a proper you're a proper you're a proper rock pop star rock star. I punk, was a pop singer. Yes, sort of, you're a punk sort of. Well, it was punk funk
2: we did. Yeah. It was a sort of uh, forgotten movement of the early 80s. Uh, well, pick bag are probably the best-known yes. components. They had a hit.
0: Someone, someone uh, Aled, um, T... Alan Thomas, Aled 99, T-Towns. from Twitter, asked, yes. someone who stole my copy of Conspiracy. Uh, do you have any spare ones under your bed, is what he asked. I think I've only got the one copy. You? But you can, uh, I think you can download it now. Ah, uh, that's, not, that's not as much fun. It's not as much fun. Did you ever find out you stole your bongos?
2: Come. no you see it was a lyric from the song it, it wasn't was. real
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I assumed you had written it from
2: life no no you see what people don't understand is that most song lyrics are just made up stuff <laughs> and they're not all real okay. so you know I had a song where, where the chorus was who stole my bongos
0: a good song yeah so, let's try and get back to number one I can do that for you <laughs> yeah. only because you don't really have to sell many records to get to number one now everyone at home go and buy uh, Conspiracy if it's there on iTunes our, our highest uh, chart position was 72 was it? yeah
2: with a cover version of an Andy Williams song Music to watch Girls yes Boys. I heard
0: that I was listening mm. to but today. you but I know, know we
2: still course. sold more records than the current number one <laughs> <laughs> But no, it was a fantastic thing to do. I mean, you know, I did it straight out of university and I was, uh, I was a singer for six years.
0: And that's how I made my living, by singing. But that's incredible. that like you were a proper rock star. And you were called Switch. I was called Switch. Did you actually, like, was it like Bono and you insisted... Was it like The Edge? No, what
2: happened was, um, as I was saying, I had a fairly normal, boring childhood. Uh, uh, and I was at school, my main schooling was in Sevenoaks, in Kent, community country and I was off to university and I thought I want to become a more interesting and exciting person <laughs> so I made up a nickname for myself and bleached my hair and I turned up at university dressed as a punk a student punk from Seven Oaks and um, people would say oh hello you know, what's your name and I'd say Switch <laughs> expect them to say no you fucking not <laughs> you're Charlie Nixon and I said no I'm Switch and, and nobody better nobody us up the would go oh right oh hello Switch and everybody called me Switch. It was brilliant. It's fantastic. You can go to university. You can completely reinvent yourself and make yourself up as a new person. So I became
0: Switch, the punk singer. If you have been like a massively popular star, that would have been your name for the rest I still of said, your well, life.
2: Funnily, funnily enough, I've got to stop saying that and then having a very dull anecdote. <laughs> uh, my wife still calls me Switch.
1: she? When she's
2: angry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so, um, but no, I did, the people just called me Switch for years Until, um, funnily enough, my family
1: <laughs>
2: My family called me
0: Murray Okay
2: When I was growing up, I was called Murray
0: <laughs> So why, is your middle name? No No? Yes, it is Oh, it is But my, uh, my, no. father,
1: <laughs> my father, being
2: an accountant, he He, he, he wanted us properly organised So Yeah, to be now alphabetical order <laughs> Yes <laughs> my eldest brother, brother's called Andrew. My second brother's Barney. Yeah. I was Charles, and nice. then Daniel was the fourth one. So we were now for being recorded. So he couldn't get us muddled he up. Was,
0: he was hoping for, for more kids, wasn't he? He was kind Well, He know, had it all ed- planned out. Edward, Fred, George, <laughs> yeah.
2: Harry. They were all all lined up. But you know that way he couldn't get confused. He could always keep us organised. But he didn't actually he didn't actually like the name Charles. So he called me Murray. Couldn't he have put just my second
0: name? name? <laughs> <laughs> <See>? <laughs> why did he name you and like,
2: no me No idea, Murray? but they all called me Murray. <laughs> so then I went scientists. to university and called myself Switch. <laughs> That's cool. And then uh, over the years, the, the guys in the band, because every all musicians in a band automatically hate the singer. They all think that cunt up the front <laughs> Prom- poncing about I should be there in that position doing that I should be the famous one. and when they come and do interviews they always want to talk to the singer yes, I mean I was the most interesting one in the band but, um, <laughs> but no and so and so when they found out that my... it
0: was called the Higsons, that must have been well, annoying ma-
1: <laughs> that, <laughs> that was my idea no, it was all your brothers the rest. that was their idea for a joke
2: to put on the, the poster for right. the first gig we had to be called something so um, the Jackson Five were a reasonably popular band. Right. So for the first post we were called the Higson Five. And then it was gonna change and we were gonna be the Jimmy Higson experience for the next gig. But we we ended up just being called the Higsons, which was probably the most boring name of a band ever. <laughs> no, except we were then pipped
0: to the post by the bloody Smiths. That's true. <laughs> Someone told me that they were they'd met um the Edge from you 2 uh-huh. right? So it gets embarrassing if you were like in your 50s and still called your student nickname. And they got to him and, and this girl was in, I don't, think if he, I don't know if he had his hat on at the time. Uh, the girl said, uh, who's this? And he said, it's The Edge. And she said, what? And he said, it's The Edge. And I said, what, what? So she, couldn't, she couldn't hear his name. And he went,
1: Dave. Which I
0: think is brilliant. I think that knocks the whole of the YouTube. And uh, of course, uh, Bono has made uh, about one one and a half billion himself from having shares in Mm. Facebook. Has he? Yeah, he he bought like. uh, I'm pleased for him. He'll probably give it to uh, the third world, I imagine. (laughs) or or he'll just have his hats flown around in in (laughs) planes. One of the two. That's what he mainly spends his money. And the story about uh, Bono, which I hope is true, is that he forgot his hat. Uh, for one of his concerts and had it flown in a private jet to the concert. Which is <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why he's a big, famous <laughs> pop star yeah. and I'm not.
2: Yeah. Because to be a pop star and to... You have to believe that you are God. Yeah. Because audiences don't want to turn up and say, oh, look, there's Charlie Higson. They want to turn up and say, look, it's Bolo! Or Switch! I mean, it never quite worked with Switch. They want to see this godlike figure who's there on stage at any you want to adore this person and, and as a pop star you've got to do that you've got to be unselfconscious about it you have to utterly believe that you are the most fantastic thing in the world and I couldn't do that
0: Oh, I thought there was a there's a there's a clip of you uh, live gig on YouTube I saw well we were
2: entertaining nice? up to a you can take it up to a level when you're still playing you know clubs and you know Lyceum and uh, you know, the, that kind of level of things where you've still got that connection with the audience, yes. that's fine. You can be self deprecating and have a laugh and we, like like your your warm up tonight. <laughs> <laughs> you can individually say hello to all the members of the that <laughs> But you couldn't do that if you were playing to a million people I well, could, uh, a uh, million. ten thousand people should. say I was say. playing was the Hammers
0: of course. Apollo last night, I'll have you know for eight minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it was and fucking
2: amazing It was exactly the same with the comedian You've got to go out there and go Bang, look at me This is what you've come to see I'm going to be really funny I'm going to sing amazingly And the audience want that And any kind of crack in the armour And it doesn't
0: work No So you had to give you, you kind of, did, you, did you give that up? I, was, I, knew, I knew
2: that I, I wasn't going to do it forever that It wasn't for me I, We had a fantastic time It's a great thing to do as a young person to be with a bunch of mates, to travel around. Yeah. We went all around the world. We had three American tours. Um, and we did what we wanted. We had a fantastic laugh, and you get free beer and sandwiches. <laughs> um, but you make no money at it. Everybody says these days, oh, in the music business, you can't make any money anymore. It was only a tiny, tiny percentage of people that the top who ever made that money. Yeah. Most people in the music business make nothing. In fact, most people in the music business end up... Owing money, yeah. Because you get flown around in jets, you get flown around the world to make these amazing videos, and then you realise that you you're paying for it all.
0: Yeah, you got your hat and, in a different plane.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Why did I do that? Why did I? Why not I just take the hat with me?
2: not yeah. um, I could have had it. And, you know, I had a friend who was in quite a big band, and the band broke up, and that was the end of the thing, and said, well, I'm going to move on and become solo, and the radio, and the record company said, will you owe us a million quid? <laughs> right. <laughs> That's the music business. <laughs> but no, I knew I didn't want to do it forever. I, I, I loved doing it, but I'd reached a point where I thought we're not going to get any bigger, and I don't, I can't see myself doing this at 52.
0: No, uh, it's probably, well, I mean, if you've, if you've kind of gone and uh, diversified and done all sorts of things, you were at the University of East Anglia, you not... The Ooh. Thames Valley Polytechnic. <laughs> no, we was to um, a real university. Yeah, real. Good. Which um, there's a lot of comedians have come out there. Arthur Smith, my wife. That's two. That's, <laughs> that's, not that's two. Wife. So that's uh, <laughs> with Paul Whitehouse. Was Paul that one? Whitehouse, yes. So, yes, yeah, yes. so you met there, and and so this this story I've heard a few times that you you got into comedy via plastering Stephen Fry's house. Is yeah, that, well, would that be true or is that... A not, it, well, no, that, that's,
2: that, that did happen. Um, yeah, I mean, I met Paul at university and through two other friends I met, Vic Reeves and Harry Enfield. They weren't at that university, but they had friends at university. Yeah. So, you know, as with everything else, it's who you know. Um, but I had no idea that I would end up doing comedy. Back then, this was being the sort of 70s, if you wanted to get on stage and entertain your mates, you formed a band, mm-hmm as you got into the 80s in alternative comedy, then going into comedy became an option. Unless you were at Oxford or Cambridge, you could go into Footlights. But uh, the idea at university that you might become a comedian yeah. was just... was, was way off. Um, so, yeah, it was in a pop group. And then the bass player and myself, we started doing some decorating when we weren't on the road just to make a bit of money, just so we could buy food and clothes for it. <laughs> and things. And we reached a point where we thought, actually, if we just stuck with the decorating and not the band on the head, we could make a good living, because, you know, there's a lot of houses in London, they all need decorating. So that was the end of the band, and we started a very successful decorating uh, business. And um, Paul, in the meantime, had worked at Hackney Council and then became a plasterer. He was doing, working in the same line of business, so we did a lot of jobs together. And Harry Enfield, we were all sort of living in the same squat in Hackney, And Harry was doing bits of comedy. He got to know Stephen and Hugh, who'd bought themselves this big house together in Dalston. That's sweet. That's very sweet. (laughs) (laughs) But they bought a house together. (laughs) Well, they did. Because, you know, they didn't quite have enough to buy their own houses. And they needed some decorating. And Harry said, well, you know, Charlie and Paul do decorating. So we went in and we started decorating. we must have been, for them, the kind of decorators from hell because we knew they were on the telly and we thought we were quite funny so we would, we would sort of do funny voices and perform funny skits as we were painting the wall in the hope that they'd say oh my goodness, you're extremely funny too. why don't you come on the television and do some comedy uh, but no, they wanted the house decorated so
1: we carried on
2: decorating by the time we'd finished because it was a big house there was a lot of work to do Stephen had become enormously wealthy from... Rewriting the lyrics to "Me and My Girl," yeah, that's right, yeah. taking out all the references to Knopf. <laughs> but it was—it was an extremely racist musical. So they got him in to rewrite it, and he made a fortune out of it. And so he could go and buy his own house, mm-hmm. and Hugh went off and bought his house. And by that time, uh, Paul and I had started writing for Harry. And we made enough money, we bought the house off Right,
0: so you plastered it yourself, and then you were regretting doing a bad well, job. Well, and... at least we know we did <laughs> a very good job, <laughs> did at least you? we knew the decorating was good. <laughs> can you still do plastering now, because I'm having my house done up at the moment, it's quite expensive. Do <laughs> be... you want to do another well, Paul, convenience Paul can house? i still do plastering, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. yeah. might get What's well, so you know, his rates set up, uh... Well, I, mean, was, I don't want him doing like, funny characters and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I will not get him in there. No. So, but you also, did you come up with the idea of Loads of Money, which was the big, was, it, was that you and Paul that came up with it?
2: Well, uh, yeah, well, sort of. Um, uh, Paul came up with the, the Stavros voice, because Paul works uh, with a guy at Hackney Council who was a great mimic, and he used to, he used to do a, a sort of London Cockney Turkish stroke Greek accent <laughs> which Paul started doing and then Harry started copying Paul and said oh can I make this into a character right and um, they did it on Saturday Live and Harry got me and Paul in to help him write it what about the guy who did the voice originally he was still work, he's, he's, he, he fa- he's, I think he still is
0: working because he stays he there I don't know, I'll stay he, in. Doesn't, he doesn't want to show his yeah. lifestyle <laughs> or any of the money from the adverts and stuff
2: that's. No, isn't want like any of that, like any of that. <laughs> yeah. But actually, he's also that uh, he, he he did quite a lot of voices. In fact, the run Manager voice was one of his. I was <laughs> <like>. <laughs> Yeah. But, uh, and also, and also the guy that's, that suit you, sir. But, but, but he was a real bloke. He actually worked at Hackney Council. Right. this guy. And when Paul Paul were going in the morning, so he. Good morning, sir. <laughs> How are you today, sir? You went out with a lady last night, sir. Did you want to, sir? Oh, should you?
1: <laughs> it entirely off this guy at the council. He's
2: dead, so he won't get any
1: money. <laughs> <laughs> but no,
2: Paul was always very good to his, to his chum at the council, and we did used to give him some money off, no, off the back of the flush, show. But, uh, but back to loads of money. Oh, gosh. Have you been watching those Parkinson interviews?
0: <laughs> no.
2: Oh, they're great. I'm like, are you
0: saying I'm. I'm, I'm no, no, no. You're saying that because I'm as good at Parkinson's. No, no, as no. no, it. no, no. Uh, have you got but so good at interviewing because you've been they were watching great Parkinson's? because Richard, everybody on
2: it. there, they'd all come on completely pissed yeah. and smoking. Their yes. heads <laughs> off. fantastic. Richard Burton got through about 12 packets of cigarettes. <laughs> and there's always Peter Cook, there's loads of Peter Cook. <laughs> <laughs> and am on that. something. And I know I was quite jealous. I wanted to come on tonight and smoke.
0: Yeah, later, but I don't smoke. It would have been awful. I'm <laughs> <laughs> been shut down because it's illegal for us to do that now. Yeah, so. I could
2: have got one of those toy. You yeah, know, <laughs> those like as a child. Um, no, loads of money. Well, uh, but we, we so we, we're doing this stuff with with um, Harry, and, but also when we were working on jobs together, Paul and I, we would pretend to be working class. <laughs> as, as an actor, we'd, we'd pretend to be builders. We were living in Hackney, I mean, we knew quite a lot of guys like this. And that was one of the funny voices we would, we would do round at uh, Stephen Hughes. And Harry, meanwhile, was also trying to develop a character along these lines. And we sort of put our ideas together with his idea. Because he'd been... He'd been uh, no, in fact, it was a Geordie friend of ours who'd been on a cross-channel ferry and they got caught up with a load of Chelsea fans
1: right.
2: who were all on the ferry with them, and these Geordie guys had no money at all, and all the Chelsea fans had these big wads of cash. And they were taunting the Geordie fans, going, look at that Dave! Hey, you've not seen that before, have you? loads of money. <laughs> and that's where it came from. Right. And Harry heard that, and he thought, well, yeah, and we thought, well, that's a nice little line you could use to set the character up. But Harry, you know, he's very focused, and he works out what's going to work. He said, no, that's the whole character. He's going to come on, and he's just going to do that. Right. And it worked, you know, you
0: just keep repeating it, repeating it. But the
2: amazing thing about Loads of Money is the entire kind of screen time that he was on was probably only about 20 minutes.
0: So it was Saturday Live? It was Saturday Live,
2: it went out live. He uh, would do three or four minutes a week and it was over two series. Right. And that was it, but he became this massive character because it was a sort of, sort of got, became a sort of figurehead, a representative of the Thatcher Society. And she even said in Parliament, We've been accused of being a loads of money society. And what's wrong with that? <laughs> and in fact, I was, uh, I was in a, um, a uh, sauna.
1: <laughs>
2: not with Margaret Thatcher. On a, we were doing the, fast show, the first Fast Show tour we did. No, in fact, not the Fast Show, it was a Harry Enfield tour on the back of that. We were on tour and he was doing the characters and we, I was in the sauna with some businessmen
1: and uh,
2: <laughs> I wish it was a funnier anecdote and it had to, you know, that just had to be where we were and this guy said to me he was a businessman he said "Well, oh, you know, what are you doing I said we're doing a tour with Harry Enfield he didn't know where Harry Enfield was he didn't know what Saturday Live was I said you know loads of money and he said oh I thought that was something that Margaret Thatcher came <laughs> up with
0: <laughs> but, but if I, she'd been on that ferry if only uh, she'd been there
2: no. history could have been very yeah, but, different but, you, know, we, you know it's good to know that one of your catchphrases is in the uh, Parliamentary records.
0: It is. <laughs> don't think any of ours are. If, uh, Neil Kinnock did us for the Moon on a Stick once. <laughs> uh, but, uh, <laughs> there we go. But um, so do you, do you still are you still friendly with Harry? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How was it? What was it like creating a character and then somebody, you were doing that character and someone took it off and did it and did it well, in I mean, your mind? I mean, you
2: know. I was a decorator at the time. Yeah.
0: It was just a laugh, you know. I mean, the great
2: thing about Saturday Live was it was live and, you know, the, 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 there's a huge rigmarole around most TV. It takes months to make and it's a long and quite, occasionally quite tedious process. This was great. We'd knock about in a week, come up with some funny lines and Paul and I would go down to the studio on, on the Friday night get pissed sit in the audience and just see if any of our lines made it into the final <laughs> show <laughs> but, but because it was live you could then react to how that was being picked up during the week and the tabloids got onto it and the sun started using it you know is this the real loads of money and you could reflect all that in the next week and and, yeah. and pay off so you got this huge sort of snowball thing going and on the back of that you know Paul and I were sort of accepted as established comedy writers
0: mm. Yeah, okay, it's good. But then it did turn into sort of a monster, and the the people who was mocking, sort of, I suppose, with Margaret Thatcher being the main example, that those kind of guys did start doing it. It's that kind of Al Murray pub landlord kind of. Well, that always what happens, it. and you can't,
2: you know, you can't get cross
0: about it. You know, Paul and I would have been happy for Harry to
2: carry on doing the character for years. Yeah, um, but he he'd had enough of it. Right. Yeah, he wanted
0: to kill it off. So, uh, so you kind of did stuff with Jonathan Ross and and Vic and Bob, and and then you kind of got into doing your own, your own the, obviously the far show which is kind of is an interesting thing for me because we were doing um, Fist of Fun at the same time as you doing the far show in fact we were starting up almost at exactly the same time I think you were a little bit ahead of us it's kind of been uh, Fist of Fun which is now out on DVD you can get that from GoFast I don't know if they ever brought uh, the far show out I don't think it was successful enough uh, the thing is Fist of Fun they, you know, they, they wouldn't bring it out because they said it was too funny to so bring <laughs> out oh, our DVD, we'd we let the other show the other shows up. Uh, so, um, but it was, I remember actually our producer sitting in an, uh, an office as we were writing the first series of Fist of Fun and coming up quite gleefully going, ha ha ha, the Fast Show did uh, their first show today, and the whole, no one in the audience laughed at anything, everyone just stared at them, and it was terrible. Ha 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 ha. And she was very delighted because she thought that meant you were going to fail and we were going to yeah. succeed. Didn't work out that way. <laughs> do, you, do, you re- do you remember, do you remember the, the, that?
2: Well, do you remember recording? Yeah, the the, the um, recording, the first series. Nobody knew what the show was, nobody knew any of us. Um, well, I mean, Paul had done some stuff with Harry yeah. by, by that point, but you know, they didn't know the characters. Mm. I mean, the thing about doing catchphrase comedy, the the, the, the important thing, that, do you remember, is that a catchphrase in itself is not funny. It's just some words. Yeah. Uh, but, but this weird thing happens if you just keep repeating it. <laughs> people start to find it funny. And it's a very, very odd phenomenon. There's nothing inherently funny about saying suit user. A lot of people say there is nothing... <laughs> <that> still isn't <laughs> funny about saying it. But if you keep saying it, it, it's like a sort of Pavlovian thing. That you're hitting these triggers and people wait for if it you and you the, say it. And they really, really laugh. Yeah,
0: if you get the right thing, I think that's, that
2: is true. I, no, I think there's a challenge there. I think you could select any phrase and say, right... We are going to say this enough times <laughs> that whenever anyone says it in the future, everyone will laugh.
0: Funnily enough, <laughs>
2: except for that you picked on the one. But yes, I yeah, I mean I do remember those early recordings, and, and you know it's quite funny. I mean the Ted and Ralph characters, which have become probably the most popular uh, characters off the show we almost didn't put them in the final when the series went out after doing the edit because we, we would show them in to audiences and they wouldn't laugh at all because they'd never seen these characters believe what what's going on um, you could see that they were sort of interested in it on a sort of dramatic level. But, uh, but if you look at the we didn't tart up the, uh, the studio recordings and they had a load of laughter and it, actually if you look at the first series um, you can hear one person really laughing during the Ted and sketches which is Graham Linehan <laughs> Who who, who, who wrote the the
1: sketches?
2: (laughs) You can hear it back. (laughs) And there there did come a point because, you know, Paul and I, we ended up producing the show. We hadn't intended to, but you get, and so we were writing it, we were in it, we were producing it, so we were involved in every stage of the process, and and it becomes this. You know, it, it really takes over your life and you're, you're in the final edit and you're arguing over half a second here and half a second there to try and get this thing down to the length of the edit and you lose all kind of perspective and objective views yeah. and we watched one of these one of the later Ted and Ralph sketches which is where they're fixing a, ta- a tractor and Ralph accidentally touches Ted's hand and they both flinch and go very quiet uh, and we looked at this sketch and then we looked at each other and we thought can't put this in. <laughs> this isn't funny but we thought oh, well, well, we'll give it a go Then we put it out and you
0: know the rest is history <laughs> <laughs> well I think the interesting thing about that sketch because it was sort of different in tone than a lot of the other stuff I, I suppose in the first well, it fast well it wasn't fast for wasn't a it was <laughs> very slow yeah <laughs> But it was but it sort of stands out as but that, that's a really it is a really clever thing to have done, even if it was accidentally. Well to, no, I mean it, you know, it was
2: thanks to, to Graham and Arthur methods who came up with the character. I mean we they came in quite late. We'd been we'd written most of the stuff for the series, they'd written some other stuff for us. We were in the pub with them and we said to them, you know, have you got any other ideas? And they said, Well, we got this one idea for a sketch, we're not quite sure of it and they acted it out, two of them, which is why um, Paul's character ended up Irish because that's how they did it because they're Irish uh, and they kind of acted it out and we just thought there's something you know yeah. they did the, the, it was the um, you know it was the first sketch we put out I think mm-hmm. we had you know, this long conversation about mending a fence or something and then yeah. uh, Ralph says do you, do you like Tina Turner laughter I uh, really know about that stuff. Uh, it's just you know, she's doing a concert, and I just went, and they acted this out in a pub, and we just thought, I don't know why, but there's something very, very funny and touching about it, yeah. and that's why I went with it. But I mean, I think what what people picked up on it is that there is an emotional core to it, and we tried to do that in all the flash shows. You couldn't do it. it suit you. You couldn't really go beyond the fact that they're just two people in a shop who are rude to people. <laughs> they have you can't imagine them outside the shop. They have no life no emotion and that's why those sketches become the hardest ones to write because you've got nothing except just the lines mm. whereas Ted and Ralph you've got a whole world and all those emotions and you know I just played it as I was as, a, as an awkward teenager going to discos trying to chat up girls and being hopeless at it yeah. um, and that's what it is it's about all, our, our awkwardness that we all feel and we, we tried we tried as far as possible through the fast show to make it like that we, I'm not a big fan of kind of just cruel nasty comedy which is look at these gits, let's laugh at them and give them a good kicking. Even a character like Colin Hunter, who's an odious office bore, I wanted to make him real and see the kind of sadness behind that facade. And I think that's one of the reasons why the Fast show is still quite fondly remembered.
0: I think, but it also, seriously, looking back at Fist of Fun, which we've had to do to bring them out, (laughs) and especially the second series of Fist of Fun where we had to change everything, the BBC (laughs) made us change stuff, but you kind of can really see that that... That we're, set, we're stuck in an old-fashioned genre, almost, of trying to do long sketches and different, different sketches every week, and it seems enormously old-fashioned, because the fashion show actually did completely change the landscape, and, and everyone then started doing you know, this you know, raise based very quick kind of sketches not always to massive success, as to be said. But, you know, so you did sort of redefine the whole genre, and it's interesting to me to see that. I mean, when you could really see the flaws in Fist of Fun in the second series. It is coming out on DVD. Uh, don't, don't, don't still buy it. Uh, but uh, it's, there's still some good things in there, but not... But, it is, you know, it was, it was amazing to see, I think, like 15 years on and see how much the landscape had changed. Do you think that's, Do you think it's... I mean, do you feel proud that that's changed, that, 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 you've, that you've changed... Um, so someone just blew their nose. <laughs> us. Which is, you know, might, maybe an uh, indication of... The, They're in tears, ...of the, so the, the, the
1: i <laughs> <reaction can be. laughs> <laughs> well, just go... Uh,
2: don't know, I mean, it, it, you know, it's interesting because often if a show is... You know, is doing something... We weren't doing anything that new because we were all fans of Dick Emery who came yeah. on every week and did the same characters and the same catchphrases... But whereas he would have maybe four sketches in it, in an episode, we we had like thirty. Yeah, um, that was the only difference really was, and that purely came out of the fact that we were a little bit bored and tired of that whole the sort of two Ronnie style. Long setup for a sketch, which is you've got to establish who all these people are and where they are and what they're doing and blah de blah, blah blah, and you're trying to work out, oh, that's, oh, I get it, that's going to be the joke at the end. And you're usually there a minute before the sketch ends. We sort of said, well, it's not about the punchline, it's not where you build up to, it's about wanting to see those same characters each week see and what, see what they're doing. And, you know, some characters like Jesse's diets or whatever, it is just his catchphrase and nothing else. And, you know, again, why is that funny, you know? This <laughs> week, I've been mostly eating yoghurt. <laughs> it's very funny, I don't know why. But, uh, yeah. but, again, Ted and Ralph, they didn't really have a catchphrase, but people wanted to see him. But, yeah, it was it was the speed of it that, that, that I suppose, it, was, it changed anything. But But, again, if you do something like that you then get someone else making a sketch show and a lot of the times they'll say well we can't do like that because it'll be too much like the first show
0: I guess so it's like well, we've got to do something completely different
2: I mean I there were, were a working. couple of shows that were pretty similar but yeah. Only in the way that we If you watch Mister
0: of Fun again, which I don't think you will, you'll be Is going, it oh, on Why DVD? didn't we why didn't we make that shorter? Why did we do that great? This thing, you know, this, you look at the driving instructor sketch and it'll be like ten minutes long. You think, yeah. we could have just broken that into ten bits and put it in every week and it would have been yeah, much think better. That's, that's another thing we hit on. If we
2: did have a big long sketch, yeah. you again you'd just put in thirty seconds a week yeah, yeah. Of, Oh, these quick, fast sketches. No, you're just watching one long <laughs> sketch for six minutes. Why is Swiss Tony spelled
0: T-O-N-I? Why?
1: You'd have to
2: ask Vic <laughs> Reeves that, because he first appeared on um, Smell of Reason Mortimer. Right. They had written a sketch for their their two uh, northerners who wear bras. <laughs> or don't wear bras. Who knows whether they really are wearing bras. But are obsessed that everyone's looking at their bras. The bra men, as they're called. And they'd written this sketch where they go to buy a car. And... In those days, uh, Vic used to write, write uh, they used to write these amazing scripts. But reading most TV scripts is very dull, but their scripts were fantastically entertaining. Huge, great, thick things. Be incredibly long descriptions of the action that was taking place, and also these amazing drawings. I mean, Vic, if you've seen any of his paintings and his books, he does these fantastic paintings and drawings. Yeah. And he would draw all the characters, and he, and he, would, and he would illustrate all this stuff. Often, it would get into big problems because he would sort of draw a character and he would put in very pedantic kind of measurements like the quiff, the quiff and he would say, 4.7 inches. And he would do that just because he, he was an idiot. But then I, as the producer, would have to deal with all these people in the wardrobe department and the props department saying, look, I'm trying to make this, uh, this quiff. I can get it to three inches, but I'm really... I said, just look. He doesn't know what he... He made up that measurement. Just
1: make a stupid quiff.
2: But he'd drawn this fantastic drawing of this character, Swiss Tony, with an eye. He's his car salesman. And he looks pretty well how Swiss Tony looks. There were a few changes. I think he had plastic bags tied over his feet instead of shoes. (laughs) We changed that a bit. Um, But we did the sketch uh, and it was just, I was just there to to feed lines to them, really. Um, But afterwards, Bob got obsessed with it because as we were doing it, we were mucking about off camera and Bob was coming. Bob is the most filthy man you will ever meet he's got an extraordinarily grubby brain and, and lifestyle and he and he, it's him that writes all the really really filthy Swiss Tony stuff I you know I can't come up with it myself it's beyond me but um, and so you know when we weren't filming he was he was doing all these lights oh, making oh, driving a caravan is very much like, I can't do it the problem is because I'm not Bob I can't do it off the cuff but he was coming and he kept saying oh you must do this character again and I kept saying to Paul oh, do this character he said oh, car salesman is a bit old-fashioned don't do that not very funny eventually third series I persuaded Paul
0: to let me have a go at it okay. And the rest is
2: history.
0: We we good if it was literally history, all of these things. We're, yes. In five hundred years time, we'll open a history book and it'll just yes. all be about the it various really show t- characters. It'll <laughs> to them. Nothing about David Cameron or Tony Blair starting wars. I hope it that could, will happen. It, could, could, no happen. it, it could, could happen. It could I happen. 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 happen.
2: Could well. I sometimes think, you know, when you know archaeologists, they try and recreate some society, some ancient 4,000 BC society from a few fragments of pottery yeah. and some scraps of poetry, and from that they're trying to extrapolate out this whole civilization. <laughs> but you know, you, you don't know how representative these things that have survived. No. Are. It's entirely random what makes it through. So yes, it if, could be. If the only artefacts, the only
0: these scripts, make it through. <laughs> the only artefact that survives from the last century
2: is one of his scripts. They'd be saying, "It's interesting that their quips were 4.7 inches long." <laughs>
0: Now, I'm asking all of my guests this question (laughs) that I forgot to ask Jonathan Russett. Uh, Have you ever tried to suck your own cock? (laughs) No. No. That's interesting. I <laughs> said yeah. so, uh, 69% of men have t- found like, they? Well, they have. Why according, would they want... According to my question. Why am something to do, isn't it? I mean, not, you know, as, a, as a young man, I think maybe most of them probably do. Probably have done, no, I, 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 I have done yeah. it. I have yeah. never <laughs> once in my life thought, well, I'd be really good to suffer. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: well, good, it's just an interesting thing to know. I mean, can't you get other people to do that for you? <laughs> well, not when I was 14, I couldn't. pretty much. <laughs> It's been quite a bit I, <laughs> I expect you could have done it if you hung out in the right park. <laughs> Actually, I did once have, uh, when I was uh, hitchhiking round Europe, I did what I when I was in train round Europe, and um, I was meant to meet my friend Jeff Quigley at, uh, at uh, Calais, uh, but uh, his his ferry, we used to go in boats to the continent, uh, got uh, delayed and uh, we didn't meet up. And then we had this kind of rough plan, we'd meet up in Nice if anything had gone wrong for some reason. And so I'd gone to this youth club, the youth hostel in Nice and I was trying to get to the station and then I was at a roundabout and this car pulled up and I thought, oh, maybe this man will help me. And he said, he, um, and I was like an 18 year old virgin, very naive country boy having grown up up in uh, Somerset. And then he just pointed at my cock and then pointed his mouth. And I was a bit scared and, thought, and ran away. But that was my first that was my first, was my first <laughs> opportunity. I mean, you know, if I'd known I'd wait eighteen years, at least he was Instead you said to him that's all right, I'll do it, I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> well,
0: I could just get the ending. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, it's, nice. it's quite—it's quite nice of him in a way. It wasn't like pointing at his own cock and then pointing at my mouth. It was it was quite you know, for a for a predatory homosexual man in a car. He was at least quite a sensitive guy. I mean, it was quite nice. I wish I could meet him again. Now I'm just thanking him. And That was. I didn't want to do it, but it was kind of you to think of that.
2: Oh, fair enough. I'll take you there anyway. <laughs> but I'm not going to be able to uh, tweet about this podcast or publicise it because I'm now a respected children's. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm no, you're never not. Very,
0: very careful what I say. You do. Do. <laughs> you do. Well, talking of that, very good, good segue away from. I'm just asking everyone that you didn't have you to. Didn't answer. Answer. But, uh, um, it was polite <laughs> it, be, it was polite to us <laughs> My mother told me oh, If a man asked me if you ever tried to suck your own cock At least answer him Honestly <laughs> uh, Do you think Jonathan Ross has ever tried to suck his own cock?
2: I imagine his is huge
0: Yeah That's what I imagine to me. <laughs> I imagine So is it the fact that you know your penis is too small To get into your mouth that has made you not, no, not want not to do I'm not flexible I've yeah. got a very straight and stiff yeah. back Even so, that's what I say. Uh, So, you have moved into i got you wrote you wrote uh, what, you were writing quite full on you, before you were writing the the children's books that you do right now. You were writing yes. quite full on graphically uh, unpleasant uh, sort of yeah to... thriller things. Yeah, me. I
2: wrote four very horrible books in the early nineties. So adult uh, crime
0: books. Yeah, where people do appalling things. So that's worse than just you know self. Well, no, it's the one shit.
2: thing I, you know. It's the one thing I, you know. I can say because it's you know it's like you know if you're like a royal family. Yeah. you're brought up to behave in a certain way and be member of royalty when I was a kid I never expected I would grow up to be a children's writer when I was a teenager when I was in a band it was, you know, it was sex and drugs and rock and roll and that's what you do and you know, and I wrote these horrible books and never expecting that one day I'd have to go out and be an ambassador for children's books and <laughs> go into schools where you're very heavily vetted um, but so the one thing I can say is look, well I, mean, I did write these books before you know, I, I have a, a history, you're right. <laughs> I'd like these books to be taken into consideration. But yes, I did write these
0: quite nasty books. Hmm. But then Roald Dahl wrote very sexually explicit and unpleasant books as well as. Uh... Yeah, actually, you know, um,
2: I was. Uh, uh, I don't know if you, you must. You probably know. You know how Anthony Horowitz is? People in the audience? He wrote the Alex Ryder kids' books. Hmm. But he also does a huge amount of TV. Yeah. Things like Midsummer Murders and a Touch of Frost. Not to, is not to, no. Foyle's War. Oh, yes, that's I yeah. And so we've had quite a similar, um, you know, working life. But he started writing kids' books many, many years ago. I don't know whether you might not be able to use this bit.
1: <laughs> but he said something. when he
2: first did a tour of schools, he found himself following in the footsteps of Roald Dahn, Yeah. who had been, who seemed to have gone to a lot of the same schools that he was going into. And he, and, and he said, every time he turned up at school, the headmaster would
1: take him to one side and say, Oh, Mr. Horowitz, it's great that you could come to our school, uh, and talk to John, but you're not going to be like. Wrong, darling. <laughs> apparently, he was appalling.
2: Really? I mean, he notoriously hated children anyway. But he would go into these schools, and he was rude. And he would make inappropriate comments about little girls' knickers, and, uh, and he was quite. the kids probably loved it. Yeah. But these teachers <laughs> are going, "Oh my god!" And now, these days, you'd be arrested. But those days, you could do what you like. Well, so as long as you hate
0: kids, it's all right. I think it's if you like them too much that you're really in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I really fucking hate you that's okay that's fine please come into our school uh, but uh, but you have me so was, the, was the, Jay, the young James Bond books the first move into writing yeah yeah I was I was approached completely
2: out of the blue by in fact my ex-editor who I'd worked with on the adult books um, she was working for the In Fleming estate and they were looking for a writer to do these young Bond books she knew I was a huge James Bond fan You right. know, I had three boys um and she thought my writing style would work for children. Right. <laughs> uh, and it gave me the job, which was, which was fantastic. You know, To actually write a real James Bond book is, is just so exciting for someone who grew up in the 60s like me. James Bond was the biggest thing. Or to sit down and write the words, the name's Bond, James Bond, is just. I mean, I just thought this is something. You had to do more than that, right? That, that wasn't. <laughs> no, <it's>, <laughs> that's <laughs> all the first point was. <laughs> But no, yeah, but you know, you're writing a real James Bond book about James Bond. Yeah. You know, and I, I got sort of privileged access to the world of James Bond and Ian Fleming's family. And it was just the most amazing thing to do.
0: Did you have any reservations about taking that on? Because that, that often, I mean, it's quite it's a little bit different than writing a, a hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy. No, I'm going to write the next thing of the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy. I would say it's quite a big step. No, I mean, we see, so. when, they, when they
2: came to me and presented me the idea, I just thought, well, that'd be brilliant and fun. And I sort of quite quickly got an idea of how the book would work. And I thought my kids would love this. Uh, I thought, yeah, fantastic, and I wrote this book. And it was only when I'd finished it, because it wasn't announced till after I'd finished it in case they didn't like it, which case it, it,
1: no one would have ever, ever heard about
2: it. Once they were happy with it and they made the announcement, it was at that point I suddenly thought, oh my God, I've written a James Bond <laughs> book. This is quite a big thing to take on, and people have very strong ideas about it. And they did, I mean, yeah, the, the, the internet sites went bonkers. Who is this English comedian writing these... Bloody! We don't want Harry Potter-style James Bond with him. You know, I'll have a glass of milkshake and not stir. And he's homeworking late. They were incensed, and I would have been the same if I'd heard Richard Henry is writing some James Bond books. Fuck off! I
1: would have would been exactly the great. same.
2: But luckily, you know. And at that point, I thought, oh Christ, this could go very badly wrong. But luckily, when the book came out, the, the fans did like it because they could see that. The, you know, I came from a point of view of being a massive Ian Fleming fan and it was, you know, it was an homage to Fleming. And they, I, I won them round and they, 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 the fans do like the books.
0: I've had an idea for James Bond, really old James Bond, right? And it's, him, it's him like it's a nursing home. It just is the stuff he's doing. He goes, the name's...
1: Uh. <laughs> I mean, if
0: you want to write them go ahead
2: you're not very good at coming up with commercial items <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 about him go, trying to go to the toilet that would be one yeah, of the books yeah, really <laughs> <running with that. laughs> yeah. well you know just so they could flirt a bit with the the, you know, the nurses and stuff I haven't thought it all the way through I no, just yeah. thought you know, because you've, you know, you've done five of the young ones, and then he, he grows no, up, no, doesn't he? No, Then he no. grows up, you can't do it, and then the, the problem you've made there is they grow up. Then Ian Fleming's covered the next bit. What well, I'm it, saying it, is there's it was a baby why, of James Bond in the afterlife. You know? One of the tricky things I was faced with,
2: because Jim, Ian Fleming wrote, all, you know, over the course of 12, 13 years, he wrote the James Bond books, and he tried to keep James Bond at the same age roughly 35, right. over the course of 15 years, which means his backstory keeps sliding all over the place. So when I was faced with the idea, the task of kind of working out what happened when and how old he was, a lot of things made no sense at all, so right. I had to kind of fudge quite a bit. Of...
0: Yeah, bloody Ian Fleming, eh?
2: <laughs> Well, he had no idea. You know, he was making up as he went along. He had no idea. He thought this might, might work. You know, he wrote the first one, it was popular, he wrote some more. He had no idea that, that 60 years later... James Bond would still be the kind of one of the best-known fictional characters in the world, and you know these films still making vast amounts of money. People are doing you know do university courses studying James Bond, and he had, but he had no idea of that. And you know he would write <coughs> a book and forget about it. And the facts don't tally up from one book no. to another. I mean, it's all over the place. And he had no idea there'd be the internet and people. <laughs> pouring over this stuff saying well this happened here and studying and going back and studying the manuscripts he was just having a laugh
0: did you go on internet forums and, and pretend to be one of these I read somewhere that you were going on and joining in the conversations under. A yeah segment. I call myself Sylvia Tench <laughs> <laughs> who is the who is the girl in the first Bond film right. the
2: first girl that he um, enjoys Right, <laughs> he comes back to the hotel room and she's standing there wearing just his shirt right <laughs> It's a very, very yes. alluring scene. <laughs> and she turned up in the second film as well. Mm-hmm. The same character. So I was Sylvia Tench. And I still am. I can still go on there
0: It's good. I don't, I don't think I've ever... I've never, I think if I've ever gone on, I've always been myself. But it's quite a nice idea of going on and, going <laughs> on and joining it. Do you, you, you criticise yourself, or did you stick well, up the Well, i get yourself? involved
2: in conversation with people, you know. Uh, and the, I mean, the great thing was, when it, when it was first announced... James Bond appeals to uh, the male collector instinct. There are people out there who, if it's James Bond, they've got to have it. Yeah. They'll have J- all the films on original VHS, and then the redesigned VHS and then the DVD yeah. and the Blu-ray, and they'll have everything, and they'll have every book. And it's fantastic. You know, men and boys love that. They like to see a shelf. Look <laughs> at that. That's the entire James Bond film set, and that's it in DVD. And so they would say... I am appalled by this idea of this idiot writing these James Bond books. I will, of course, buy them.
1: <laughs> so
0: that I've got the full set on my shelves. So I thought, I don't care. You don't have to read them, just buy them. That's fine yeah, with me. You can buy, buy one set just to burn and rip up and jump up and down, but then I'll have one good set as well. Well, that's good, Ian. That's a good, good thing. And now you're writing uh, books about uh, zombies. Yeah. Um, you were at a school or something. I've got this from the paper today, I think. All right, a yes. child asked you. A child said to you, I don't mean to be rude... But don't you think you could have done more with your life than writing about zombies
1: <laughs> <laughs> I do a, a good question I,
0: it's a fantastic I do a lot of civil's visits and, and that's the
2: best question I've ever yeah. been asked it was last year and, and I, I you know he said you can have done more with your life than writing stories about zombies and I stopped and I thought oh, he's right isn't he <laughs> I was sort of taken about I thought yeah I mean what oh, a waste of his life <laughs> and uh, I don't know I've enjoyed but I've had a fantastic life as a writer I have. I've had a I've really enjoyed everything I've done I've loved writing books I've loved making TV and you know being able to be your own boss right? and you know I still get to travel around the world because the books are published everywhere and and, it, and, I, and, I, and I sort of rallied and I thought well I'll try and fight my cause here I don't think I won him over no. but I, you know it's a fantastic question if you're ever at a literary event you go to the Hay Festival. Whoever it is, you can rephrase it. Hilary Mantel. Hilary, don't, I don't mean to be rude. Don't you think you could have done more with your life than write stories about some dead bloke who was around in Henry VIII's time? <laughs> <laughs> five years or so she should been working on it. And yes, a writing, a writing is a complete waste of one's life. <laughs>
0: She said, "I've had a number sixty-two hit in the press. <laughs> Fuck you! I can <laughs> see your
2: knickers." <laughs> I remember when I was a, when I was a kid, and I was a young teenager, and I loved to read. I was a very kind of bookish boy. Um, I read this interview with Steve McQueen. <laughs> yes, and you know, at the time, this was you know, Steve McQueen with his motorbike, and he said, "I've never read a book in my life," <laughs> and I thought, oh God, it's such a shame, you know, poor Steve McQueen, what a waste of his life, he's never read about it, and then I thought,
1: this is Steve McQueen! <laughs>
2: he's done everything that we read about in books, he's actually gone out there and done it. Who does he want to waste his time reading books for?
0: <laughs> My uh, friend Al's daughter is about ten now, I think, or a moment, or perhaps a bit older than that, um, I'm writing a column in the Metro at the moment every week, and she went, who would want to read about just stuff he's doing? <laughs> I'm going to go,
1: Hmm. <laughs> good, good everything
0: we do
2: is based on self confidence and self belief if you let that slip for a moment everything you do in your life becomes dust hmm. and you know, as a writer that you know you've, you've got to have you've got to really think very highly of yourself and just have that confidence to say no someone will want to read this book
0: so is it just me though? Do I? Is only me? Well, I was discussing earlier the fact that I can remember these arguments I had when I was eight years old with people that I still remember. Do you <laughs> remember anything like that from when you were eight? Nothing. from, You let those things go. My
2: long-term memory is shot is to it? pieces. I remember
0: nothing. Do you think that's weird that I still? That no, like a lot of people are still do, Brewing, but normally. these things obviously rankle. They do, Well, yeah, especially when I'm right. I like to be right. Well, you were I mean. right. Yeah. Oh, do you think I was right about the Literally. one when I was? They're definitely about that. Yeah. But what about the one about me being fatter than my friend, and that would mean I would die first? this? <laughs> and the right, so that that's I'm a and, scientific.
2: You know, it's a long discussion. Surely, <laughs> I
0: mean, I'd live longer with the fat reserves. It wouldn't. I mean, I'd be hungry, but I would surely. I just yeah, hate the idea no. that Phil Fry might be right. He said about he was we'd... probably a lot fitter than you. We had a bet for ten p. So you could chase
2: a pig down.
0: Well, I bet it wasn't about there wasn't any. It was wasn't about that. It. it wasn't. It was just about the. Well, you just think. <laughs> and we bet each other ten p. And I think I won the bet, and he never coughed up the ten p. And that's what happened. You can only
2: win the bet by actually surviving <laughs> him on the... <laughs> <laughs> the We
0: could do it now for ten p. It's worth it. I suppose one of us could eat the other one, but then that's uh, or just well, myself. Actually, see, he'd live a lot longer. <laughs> <laughs> and you're a big quizzer I've been on the I've been on Twitter with your you meant to be quizzing I should be there
2: I'm
0: I'm hopefully going to get if we we go on long enough which we seem to be doing we've done a long time actually are we, yeah, no, we don't know. That's up for the people listening, and turning off the podcast at home,
1: <laughs> so
0: they decide. And the people, so there is a lot of people asleep. I think they may be. They may download it, Richard, but
2: do they listen?
0: Felicity's actually Felicity has sent along some people from the from the Dream School
1: <laughs> to
0: just go to sleep during this. they Charlie Hickson's on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, send people to sleep. No, we, no, I think, we, I think <laughs> we're nearly done. It's been quite. You know, I've, I've, I've been a bit of a fanboy and just asked you loads of uh, comedy questions, which <laughs> hopefully is okay. But um, you're not very... <laughs> you, Are we going on to the my, politics bit? Now? <laughs> no, yeah, we, we're, 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 do you think Colin Hunt is the same as the? Opposite? I Ricky Gervais copied you and did Colin Hunt. The totally, totally yeah. ripped us off. But we did it more
2: realistically. <laughs> <laughs> no, you see, when I, the funny thing was.
0: Yeah. it's different and funnily enough is the we, catchphrase you, know, been... you can't even do the catchphrase I don't want to let you I don't want to let you out on no, catchphrase no, comedy you
1: do it you
2: do it two times then you slightly change it around a bit okay. and then you bring it in for the big payoff Good. no funnily enough
1: <laughs> see yeah, we've awesome.
2: uh, we been rehearsing Colin Hunt in the rehearsal rooms as he do without makeup or wigs or anything and um, the first day on set when we are actually there in front of the audience, the first time I turn up with the full wig and costume, and I walked on set, and the whole the rest of the show team, you could see their faces were off. i <laughs> yeah. well, what are you doing, Charlie? We thought you were just going to come on as yourself. Why are you dressed in that ridiculous clownish <laughs> outfit? I said, no, no, it's important for the character. It helps me a bit. And, you know, and, yeah, but maybe they were right. Maybe he didn't need all those accoutrements. Because, mm. uh, you know, Ricky Gervais, as I say, he did it enormously realistic and you know, it still is I think one of the funniest top five funniest series ever made I think but uh, in fact I had Fish been thinking, I had been the top
1: three
2: <laughs> I had been thinking of doing a, a sort of spin-off Colin Hunt sitcom right. where in the first episode he's told he's got terminal cancer <laughs> and then it's him trying to
0: joke his way through it that man over there doesn't like it I say there's a man over there that's going no that can't happen but you, know. but you see Ricky Gervais beat his to it
1: yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> the horrible thing is wouldn't it have been horrible if you rewrite history if we had done an, a whole sitcom a Colin Hunt based office based sitcom and Ricky Gervais had seen it and said you know, I was going to do a series set in Office I don't think I will now because it's going to look too much like it and he never did it yeah wouldn't that have been awful? Well, I mean,
0: it would have been a shame we lost the office, but think of all the crimes you would have prevented after that. So, um,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> sometimes you have to travel back in time and kill Hitler. I'm not. I'm not saying Ricky Gervais is that what he's done yet is as bad as Hitler, but you know. Ricky we can't judge it because Ricky Gervais isn't yet dead so
1: when,
0: when he's dead we'll then compare the crimes and dead, I mean at the moment definitely Hitler is you know but I had to choose who was the worst person out of the two at the moment almost I mean I have to think about it a bit but it's, I think almost certainly Hitler I mean you have to balance up the good and the bad so the office does help uh, Ricky Gervais not, not here. <laughs> <laughs> um, good. Um, so look, I think we can. I think. Well, yeah, I think It's been very. It's been very. I thought this might be an interesting one. Things been very interesting. It's yeah. so, a but But, uh, <laughs> oddly
2: enough. Well, I've, I've had a lovely time. Mean, you later. had a nice time. You just, you're flicking through this,
0: but you do not have to a, ask I'm me just any checking. I'm, I just wanted to check and see if there was anything. I know, I'm pretty good, aren't I? <laughs> I'm pretty good at reading stuff. Well, you I'm stayed awake. all day. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a plus for me, best <laughs> time <term laughs> ever. But, like, this is like an hour and 20 minutes. God. I'm, I'm really tired. I was doing the Hammersmith Apollo last night. <laughs> 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 I did the Hamster Apollo. I did eight minutes of stand-up. I was on first, and it went pretty well. Do you, do you see it? it is, yeah. yeah. And then we came on and we did the girly smiley spam from Fist of Fun for the first time in twenty in seventy years. That didn't really work. <laughs> didn't really work, did it? No. So it's kind of had the kind of high because I don't get to perform in the Hamster Apollo very much. You know, only in charity gigs. And the charity is Richard. Give Richard Herring a chance. to perform. <laughs> They pretend it's for a cause and go. So I feel a bit sorry for Richard Herring. It didn't quite work out for him. Less than let eight minutes, uh, and then we did the girls' month. Didn't, 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 I think. What do you think went wrong with the girls' month? Man, they just didn't get. Just wasn't the right.
1: place Wasn't the right place. Was it? Do a sketch.
0: It wasn't no. exactly. People weren't expecting. It. People weren't expecting a sketch. didn't. Do you think they thought it was serious to begin with? And then because that's what we were going for. It was a bit weird. It was a bit weird. You're all right. Fuck off. <laughs> 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 fucking hell. All right. Lay off. <laughs> <laughs> we gave it for cherry. <laughs> Didn't quite work, but it was nice to have the old rich Harris fan team back together. <laughs> me, me, Sally Phillips, and Kevin Eldon, the actor Kevin Eldon, Uh was yeah, like uh, like playing I Stuart like. Lee.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah and, uh, If you have to choose between him and Hitler, that's much easier. So, uh, <laughs> I think we'll move on to the competition. We're going to give some because we'll see. Uh, we're going to do a quiz show. Yeah, uh, we're going to find out if you've won your quiz with the people who've won that your quiz without you. All right. I think. Hopefully during this, and that might be one of the questions. Uh, this is what you're going to win. You can win Ted and Ralph. We were talking about it. The whole... I might, I might actually just nick that. That's the actual <laughs> whole 15-minute <laughs> film. No. Is It's all, all the sketches. And all the sketches. Yeah. Yeah, that might go missing. It's a really I'm, good film, I might have that. Bellamy's People. Is there another series of Bellamy's People in the pipeline? No.
1: Uh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's Bellamy's People, the unsuccessful comedy that we did... After everything else. Well <laughs> compared
0: to anything I've done it's still way more successful. So there you go. That's, that's all, it's all all comparative. Uh, the audiobook of Where Did It Go Right, which is currently used by Ballast as from Go Faster Stripe to balance up things that when they say. <laughs> But there's only boxes that don't have enough DVDs to fill the boxes. <laughs> I've got about 20 of these. costs £5, I think, at Go Faster Strike now, if you want to get that. There's loads of good things at Go Faster Strike, and Andrew Collins' book, where to go, right? Hey, we were talking about Fist of Fun, and I've got a Fist of Fun as well, no. Fist of Fun... Uh... <laughs> First series of Fist of What's Fun, that the DVD. DVD. Oh, the, mo- the most exciting thing is inside the book. I've got the, the we just brought, brought out the book Talking Cock, uh, which we bought from Go Faster in a similar way to Fist of Fun, except we've printed up three thousand of these and we sold fifty so far. So, <laughs> uh, so it'd be nice if you want to if you want to read the book Talking Cock, uh, my first book. Uh, go to you can only get it from Go Faster Strike. But the exciting things. This is unexciting. My backstage access all areas pass from the uh, House of Apollo last night, signed by me. Uh, wow. literally, and excitingly, uh, the Charlie, uh, I've forgotten his name, the Charlie, I don't want to call him Charlie Higson because that would be a mistake. It doesn't have it written on here, so Charlie Brooker, Plenio. I, uh, I was playing a clever, a clever joke. Uh, Charlie Brooker's on next week, uh, that's sold out, that one.
1: <laughs> I don't know why I'm looking at you. I don't know why I'm looking at you, Charlie, because
0: I'm in all of these. It's a more of a comment on me. I'm in all of them. If, you know, yeah,
1: between,
2: us, between us, Richard, <laughs> uh, we've got, I think, 140,000 followers on Twitter. Yeah. We both of us been tweeting for years. <laughs> and I was saying, right, let's see how effective Twitter is. Because I looked at the... Uh, you could look and, and there was a seating plan. What seats are still available? <laughs> and I looked at that and I thought, well, there's quite a few seats still available. There are, I'll actually. tweet about this. And I'd check after I'd done this tweeting, what difference it made. And then you were tweeting and then we got a lot of people tweeting.
0: Yeah.
2: Made not, not a
1: single extra say.
0: I was looking this afternoon... The number actually went up, uh, the, number, the number of tickets left when it, it, was on two, it was on 265 and then it went up back up to 270. So I don't know if they just found four more if someone went, oh no, that's I thought thing. it was Charlie Brooker this week, I mean, <laughs> I'll give those back. But anyway, with two tickets to see Charlie Brooker next week, that's a pretty good prize. And of course... Uh, the sponsor of this podcast... You may have Foster's <laughs> sponsoring you for loads of money. I've got uh, Elliot Line, who gives me nothing but some copies of his very clever puzzle compendium, Volume 1. I think,
1: I think, that,
0: I think he should have left the Volume 1 off. Just, if there was a second volume, he could have called it Volume 2. Uh, which he's given me no details. It's about, like Mensa-quality puzzles. He doesn't pay me for this. He's given me no details of where you can get this. But I thought this week... You know, if you can't work out where to get it, you're probably not going to be able to do the puzzles anyway. So
1: <laughs> the, first,
0: the first puzzle is if you can find out how to buy it, you're probably already a genius. So that's, that might get him a few sales. But he does just he just came to a gig and gave me a plastic bag with ten of these in it. I thought, I'll give these away. These are our main sponsor. I'm going to thank him for the credits. I uh, haven't tried to do any of them yet, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, that looks complicated, doesn't it? Looks, so you can, you can win all of these things, and... Uh, you're <laughs> it's going to be signed. Oh, no. You're I, thought signed. You're I thought you are going to sign the headlines? No. That would make that very
1: valuable.
0: <laughs> 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 hey, it's, hey, it's a book of this that is not in the Lines' house. So anyway, what i are going to do, you can win this, or we're going to ask you, so we're going to make a series of statements that are either true or false, and um, you have to decide if they're true or false, if you get it right you can stay, you stay in, if you get it wrong you have to uh, sit down. So we need you all to all stand up first of all, we need the lights up a little bit, there's loads of people. there's loads more people than I thought, which is kind of worse actually than anything. It did sound like there was no one in, and there's fucking hundreds of them. Uh, so if you, we're going to make some statements. If you think they're true, put your hands on your head. If you think they're false, put your hands on your bottom. If you get it wrong, self-policing. Anyone cheating, do uh, punch them in the face. You have to sit down, because these are proper good prizes. Uh, I've um, my, first, uh, my first true or false fact is during the recording, I was just out in the interval, I checked... Um, the BBC News site, and there's been quite a few deaths recently, quite shocking deaths. Uh, probably the most shocking of all uh, is during the interval, I discovered that today, two hours ago, uh, the newsreader, Kenneth Kendall, died. Is that true? That's a bit of a downer for the first one. But. So is that true? Or if you think that's true, put your hands on your head. If you think it's false, put your hands on your bottom, the seat of all falsehood. Um... That is false. I do that every week. So, uh, that's, uh, one week it will come true, though. So, sit down. If you said true, I saw a few of you. Have you got uh, a statement of truth or falsehood, Charlie?
2: Well, after we had uh, decorated Stephen Hughes' house, yeah. and we bought it, and uh, Paul and I made enough money to move on, and the house was subsequently
0: bought by the mighty Bush. Ooh, is that true or false? Good, good one. Good. That's a good thing of truth. I, I don't know the answer to that from my. From my research, is the answer? What is the answer? It's bollocks. It's bollocks. Oh, it's what's he <laughs> yeah, got in well done. Do you know who did buy it?
2: Well, the other guy that we bought it with is still there oh, is he
0: still there? Huh? <laughs> He's called Daryl.
1: <laughs> I've he got works quite in the
0: city. Have you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's good. Funnily enough, I've got quite a lot of uh, froom-based facts I looked up Go on. I thought we'd talk about froom for a while. It didn't turn out. <laughs> froom comes from the old English word fror, double F-R-A-W meaning dung pile. Is that true or false? <laughs> Froome comes from the old English word frore, meaning dung pile. That is false. It comes from the old English word frore, meaning uh, fair or brisk.
1: <laughs> which word? The river Froome, of
0: course you would know. Have you got another one? I'll, I'll think of one. OK, should I do, do want, should I do another one while we're waiting? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Pee-wee Herman, the disca- disgraced ex-children's US TV presenter, now lives in Froome. Is that true?
1: Is that true or
0: false? And man, if this is true, you fucking won the lot, man. He's already sit. He sat down already. He's not even waiting for the answer. You can just change your mind. It is false, uh, but uh, Pee Wee Ellis, the U.S. composer and member of the James Brown band, does. Got a similar name.
2: Oh, it is one then. The most popular breakfast cereal in the UK
0: is Weetabix. True or false. True or false.
1: What <laughs> <Get> the fuck? <laughs> 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 I don't know how... Get, get to fuck
0: a man a lion a man, a man a man chatting lion bar. Uh, I am not sure you really want to listen to his judge and it's not quite who wants to be a millionaire coughing uh, And man going, What the fuck? It's a lion bar, it's the most popular cereal. And that doesn't seem to have swung anyone. What's the answer? It's true. It's true, wow.
1: It may and, not be true, but Charlie thinks and, it's true. Yeah. yeah,
2: the company's just been bought by the
0: Chinese. Wow, that's true as well. That's, I wasn't testing them. <laughs> All right, here's another one. Edred, King of England, from 944 to 955, died in Froome. 1,003 years before Charlie Charlie Hickson was born there. Is that true or false? Every element of that has to be true. Approximately 1,003. Oh man, changed his mind when the approximately came in. <laughs> They thought, that's false. Bad luck, it's true. Make sure to start, start with your first answer. He was born, he died in 955. Which, if you'd worked it out, was 1,003. You can work out how old uh, Charlie Hickson is. not everyone.
2: I'm 53.
0: Let's see if... Uh, have, you got, have you got another one, or shall I? should have I? done that as a true or false. <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing's come through from the quiz. So They're either they're, celebrating... They have them. the answers by now. They might do. Richard Franch, the pianist from, um, whose line is it anyway, uh, was born in Froome one year after Charlie Hickson was born there. Is that true or false? couple of trues, couple of falses. <laughs> and there's, uh, there's still someone over there saying false. It is true, it is true. So we've got two, two gentlemen left in, they're two chubby bearded gentlemen. That's not representative. <laughs> of the kind of people who come one of them doesn't even have a beard and one of them is not all that fat so it's not it's you know if you've got a stereotypical idea of the kind of people who come to this podcast you are way off only half of them are bearded they're both above average weight is that true or no Uh, i got one. you got one? Go, go for it. Go, go for, it. for another one. This will get him. This will get him. It's... Well, only one. You're going to have to get one of them.
1: The first,
2: the first line of my first published novel, <laughs> King of the Ants, is... Fuck off Nero.
0: Wow, is that true or, or false? Oh. Have you got it for false at the back? Yeah, so that's this is the decider. This is very exciting. We'll find out who's going to win. What is the answer? The first line of my
2: first published novel, King of the Ants, is... Fuck off, Caesar!
0: Oh! <laughs> the beard, the beard goes. So if you've one, sir. John, to I will pass them back. I think it's probably the easiest thing to do. I hope no one steals the uh, <laughs> the signed access all areas pass for yesterday. <laughs> if you can travel back in time, you can meet um, Ben Elton
1: backstage. <laughs>
0: yeah. What's your name, sir? Dan. Dan. What's uh, what's your last name? Carpenter. Dan Carpenter. How you doing, Dan? I don't identify. Have you? Then if you come, do you come very regularly to the podcast? Uh, no. Are like you just a newcomer, just chanced your way in, won all the stuff? Yeah, you're going to yeah. come to see um, Charlie Brooker next week? Yeah.
1: yeah. Pretty exciting, isn't it? it could be good. Two tickets.
0: Two tickets, <laughs> <is it? Yeah. laughs> Because he's going to I just gave him two you might tickets. not come. You might just chuck him in the bin. <laughs> <laughs> would you be any more excited about seeing Charlie Hickson or Charlie Brooker? Would you say?
1: Charlie Hickson,
0: definitely. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm going to come back to you next week and ask you the same <laughs>
1: question.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, is that your uh, girlfriend? No. No, <laughs> man, I wouldn't say no so hastily. She's. Uh... Well, are you just friends? Just friends. Um, do you want to be more than friends?
1: Because <laughs> this could
0: be that could be the extra prize I can give you.
1: At the, at the end,
0: at the end of the podcast. But don't question your sexuality. I wasn't questioning don't question it. Don't
1: assume. it.
0: And don't auction it. Oh, that's fine. Don't, I don't, don't auction my sexuality. <laughs> Not really. I'm not auctioning your sexuality. I'm just auctioning you. I'm not, I'm not,
1: it's not like I'm going. Who wants to be a lesbian, bisexual? The highest bidder. Mark Zuckerman comes
0: in. What's his name? Zuckerberg. It works better if you know the facts. That's the thing. J- jokes always work better. I was hoping we'd get a test. That would have been one of that. Could have been the last question but it hasn't come through. Becky Sunshine has let us down. Um, Well, that's fantastic. Thank you very much for coming along. Did did you enjoy it, everyone? It was quite quite interesting, wasn't it? Did you enjoy old Thames Valley? Yeah, that's (laughs) right. Thames Valley Polytechnic there in the front row. Yeah another person who hasn't come with his girlfriend uh, but, uh, uh, thank you very much for coming if you want to come along we've uh, got tickets not for next week but we have a week off and then uh, it's Nick Frost and David Badil are going to be and we're two people together on uh, I think it's the 11th of June and we just had a text through this is very exciting just, this is happening right now 9 out of 10 on sports round a painful 4 out of 10 for true or false overall we came second Nadi is team 1 But they lost by 1 point
2: and I See, bet you, he would
0: have been there, you, you could have made the difference. We
2: always have to beat Nadia's wow. team. I can't believe she's... Bloody did. Nadia. Oh from Big Brother. Is it Nadia from Big Brother? No, Nadia Shireen, the children's illustrator.
1: Oh.
0: <laughs> I move in slightly higher circles than mm. Nadia You were hoping it was Nadia from Big Brother, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah. We'll get her on next week.
1: All right, Oh (laughs) you're I'm "I'm not having you in. You turned up,
0: like, we have sold out and if you turn up again I'm going, Don't let him in (laughs) Old lady, ten didn't even get his degree, just gave up.
1: You had to be here for the first half.
0: We might cut that bit out. Never know. Don't know if the dial bit made it in. If it didn't, bad luck at home. Should have come in. Are you ever stop? No. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, nearly came, a I nearly came to a fit end. <laughs> I just suddenly got on a roll, Charlie just suddenly, I <laughs> oh thought, God. fuck. I might just see how long i go and see how long people would stay. Yeah. And, <laughs> and just people start drifting out one by one. I think he'll stay, though. I think he will just... I think you'll say. So we will wrap it up. Uh, please do uh, listen and tell your friends about this if you've enjoyed it. And please give a massive round of applause to the amazing Charlie Higson. You have been listening to Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast, starring Richard Herring with special guest today, Charlie Higson. The music was by Pest. They were good. Uh, it's produced by Ben Walkham. Lots of thanks. As well, to Mar- Orange Mark and the British Comedy Guide, and everyone at the Leicester Square Theatre. This is a Fuzz and Sky Potato production. Hooray! How'd you like them, Sky Potatoes? <laughs> Hello, I hope you've enjoyed Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast. Rehulustapur. Uh, Rehulustapur this is free for you at home and I hope uh, you appreciate that if you feel like giving something in return then it would be lovely if you wanted to come along and watch one of the shows they're selling fast uh, but there are tickets available for a couple of them uh, so go to the Leicester Square Theatre website or you can buy tickets to see me uh, doing Talking Cock, my new show at uh, the Edinburgh Fringe or Richard Herring's Edinburgh Fringe podcast. You can get those at edfringe.com. My book, Talking Cock, has just been brought out by the good people at gofasterstripe.com where you can get lots of my merchandise and Andrew Collins' talking book if you want it. Uh, but uh, we've bought 3,000 copies of Talking Cock. Uh, Chris Evans, not that one's done that, so it would be lovely if you wanted to go to gofasterstripe.com and buy that or any of the other DVDs. If you like the way this is produced... Then uh, it's an excellent production. Then why not uh, show your support to the producer, Ben Walker, whose other show, Do the Right Thing, uh, is at uh, the Phoenix on the 29th of May? It's a hard thing to Google because they've chosen the name that's already the name of something else because they're idiots. So go to wegottickets.com and you can find it. Is that right, Ben? good so uh or just if you can't afford to do any of that it'll be lovely if you just pass the word on to your friends about this podcast uh but uh, it's lovely to do it all for free it'd be nice to make some money too. help me please i've got a kitchen to pay for (laughs) Nah. bye
1: imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time
0: Instant Glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code presson25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. Thanks again for listening to the podcast, richardherring.com slash ballback slash tour or com slash gigs for all of the information on the tour. Go fasterstripe.com for lots of downloads and books and lots of fun. Thanks for listening. Go and listen to another one. Tell your friends about the show. Tell your friends about the
1: tour. I love you all. I'm out.